Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Welcome, everybody, to American Made and Paid. Thank you so much for joining us today. I got Professor Dreg with me. Really, really happy to be starting off this episode because we're going to change gears a little bit, kind of go back to business, talk a little bit about money making. Our last episode was about bringing personal finance, home economics, that type of stuff back into schools. And I think if there's one thing that's severely lacking in our current uh, culture today, it's actually how to really make money. And I think that that's different from holding a job. Personal finance is not really something that people are oftentimes uh, taught as often as we'd like. And a lot of people are very, very financially illiterate from what I've found, you know. Um, I personally was taught a little bit of that as a kid growing up, how to make money, you know, job, that kind of stuff, save, that type of thing. But I had to seek out gurus and certain types of individuals that would really show me how money actually works. Because it's one thing to look at money from a frugal standpoint and save it and all that. And it's another thing to be able to actually expand on your income. So today's episode is a little bit different. It'll probably roll into some politics or religion like it naturally does. <laughs> but I thought we'd kick off the top of the hour and talk a little bit about this. So Professor Dreg, how are you doing? Happy Monday. What's on your mind? Hey, hey. So yeah, I, I want to touch on what the little bit about we spoke about last time when okay. we're talking about um you know doing uh, what's that called again the home economics yeah we were talking about home ec <laughs> and then you were saying like that should be done at the high school level and i said well you should do it in at the elementary you know teach something like that when you're in the third grade because it's third grade math right and um so anyway <clears throat> and to prove something like this I want to talk about how this couple who are, you know, 70 years old using third grade math won about $26 million over a nine year span playing the lottery. And uh, the thing is like this, n not in California, but in other state lotteries, they, they have something called a windfall. Sure. A windfall, um, I guess, payout. And I'm totally against the lottery because the lottery is literally a tax on the poor because who plays a lottery the poor because they're idiots but if you know a little yes, bit about third grade math and you know something that you would learn in home economics yeah you could easily beat the system because if you match three numbers they were paying out fifty dollars <laughs> i was like wow 50 bucks just to match three numbers that's easy yeah. You know, like the odds of you matching three numbers is really good. Mm -hmm. So, and then if you match four numbers, you get a thousand bucks. So this dude, he played like $3,600 and, uh, and you know, that's how much he spent on the lottery. And he did it all by himself because he figured, you know what, I'm going to test it out. Uh, you know, because if you buy in bulk, the more tickets you buy, the more chances you have at winning, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know 50 bucks his his goal wasn't to win the big jackpot of like matching all seven numbers like isn't it six numbers and a bonus number seven numbers yeah something like that his, well his goal was just to match three numbers get 50 dollars. it's a one dollar ticket so it's paying out one to 50 right, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> simple math simple math one to 50 all you got to do is match three numbers so he spent thirty six hundred dollars and he got back. Well, I think the first time he played was he, he put up $1,900 of his own money. Sure. And uh, he ended up winning. Oh, I think he got like 3000 something. And then like, <laughs> like let's say 3600 just just for the sake of it. Right. And then the next, you know, time the windfall came up again, he bet the whole 3600 and he got $8,000 back. Oh, no, $6,300 back. 
is right, what he got. Right. He almost doubled it. Almost doubled. And then he started working that system again and again and again and again. And that's how you do it. And uh, and basically he got, you know, he was telling people what he did and why he did it. And nobody, everybody thought I was a scam. I was like, no way, you can't be doing this. He goes, yeah, I play to win the $50 tickets, not the big jackpot. Right. So I invest huge amounts of money. And, uh, and he's getting like a 60% return off each lottery. He's not doubling his money, but you know, that's, that's pretty good. A 60% return once a month. That's insane. By the way, I don't think we're either of us are advocating for our listeners to actually go play the lottery. I think that's the dumbest idea, but no, not you can't play. No, like, okay. So that's no, 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 no. That's that's not that that's not the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I just want to make sure they they understand. Don't go play the lottery. But yeah, no. Well, so, also check this out. So uh, this is how I found out about this. Um, some somebody at work told me this, and they're all like, "You got to be kidding." So anyway, so these kids from MIT came up with the same formula, sure. and uh, these are all math majors and all this other stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. so they start doing the same thing. So uh, basically this old couple, I forgot what they call themselves, but they became an investment group where they got 30 people to give them money and they were investing that money through a corp, through their corporation. See, they incorporated the couple became a corporation and had about 30 clients. And over that nine year span, Mm -hmm. they literally made $26 million. Wow. Not, not a metaphor. This is literal. See, this is why you need to know basic math. Everybody needs to know basic math because this is real simple. The guys at MIT did the same thing, but since they're from MIT playing the, you know, Massachusetts lottery that way, you know, they're, of course they're wealthier. So they won like a hundred, couple hundred million dollars. And then, so the FBI, uh, investigated and then they investigated these dudes out of Wisconsin, you know, like that old couple. And they were just astonished. They were like, oh my, like nobody's ever figured that out. But the only way it worked is the same way this podcast will work. You have to get other people involved. You right. know what I mean? Like we have, I don't know. I think last time you said there was like a hundred people. No, so, no. I mean, total, total listeners for all the episodes for 50 episodes, we got over almost 8,000 people. Okay. Uh, so, so, so let me put it to you like this. Those 8,000 people. See, we have to ask them and say, Hey, look, you have to go out and just please send this podcast out to, you know, like five people. Don't yeah. get greedy and say everybody. Well, you I'm know? probably going to start doing that in the beginning. That's a good pitch. It's like, hey, guys, if you're listening to this and you enjoy it, send it to five people. See, because this old couple didn't have the money to make 26 million. Even if they were like nickel and diming it, you know, putting it's in. It's not th- enough to, to put in as an investment to get that kind of return. Yeah, see, because that's the point. When you, in order to make money, the first thing you have to do is come up with an idea that will make money. See, it's not just an idea, you have to prove it. And you know, mathematical ways to make money is the most solid. (laughs) Obviously, it is. that's how it works. Yeah, because you know, I would have done it myself with this lottery thing, but I don't believe in playing the lottery because it's a tax. I'm not gonna help the government, you know, with the tax, you know what I mean? So it's just not, yeah, you don't wanna do that. And plus it's a sucker's bet. Yeah, no, uh, but there's the no win- way. But but see, but you know what they ended up doing? They yeah. got rid of all windfall lotteries. So you can't like in California, it costs like five bucks to play, and if you match three numbers, you break even. <laughs> so and then and like a hundred bucks is match four, and that's a lot harder to do. So, um, but anyway, um, so. The first thing you honestly have to do is come up with a good idea. And a money making a money making idea that people Well, not have. just money making ideas, but something that's like you don't have to invent the wheel. Like my idea has always been and always will be liquor. Why? Because for 25 if you give me 25 cents I'm going to, you know, or if you give me $15 because it's in San Francisco. You know, it's not, 
Anywhere else, I think it's like 10, 12 bucks. But in San Francisco, New York, LA, it's 15 bucks. So if you give me $15, I'm going to give you a quarter back. And that's way better than this guy's system or the MIT system of winning the lottery because they were only getting 60% on their return. I'm getting in the hundreds in my return. Right. By the way, what Professor Dreg is referring to is a Long Island iced tea. You didn't even mention that, but people, he, he knows how to make drinks at quarters to the dollar, you know? So yeah. that's For how that, it works. It, it, yeah. And that's the truth. So it's like Long Island, Tokyo Tea, Electric, uh, Ice Tea, Audios. This is an Audios AMF. And that's the thing. You honestly have to do the math behind your ideas. Because money is math. And, and that's what's True. not being taught at these schools. Because yeah. remember what we spoke about last, um, you know, on Saturday was exactly that. Home economics. They don't even know how to balance a checkbook. So now you're talking about a whole bunch of kids who are in college and they don't know how to make them any money because they don't have the math behind it. Sure. And, so, and when people think about making money, they don't think about the math behind it. They trust that the banker knows math, but these bankers don't have degrees either. Well, it's they also don't, it's, they don't really, a banker, like if you're talking about like a teller, they're not, you, they don't need to be trained to show you how to give, how to make money or make money or anything like that. Because the thing is the bank is a business at the end of the day. Why would they show you how to get more on your money when in reality they actually make more money off of. And I will tell you why, because like if I'm looking for an investor and I'm, I'm big behind EB five investments. So if I'm going to ask a dude for a million dollars, I need to show him how I'm going to do it. I break it down for them. I'm like, hey, look, this is what it costs. I need $100,000 for leasing the building. I'm going to need another $250,000 for the construction build-out. And then the investor always says, well, but how do I make my money back? And then I break down the math. And then I say, look, the reason why we're spending three fifty dollars on construction and the lease is so I can get capacity. If I have 2,000 people and 2,000 people are giving me, you know, $40, that's 80,000 right there every single night that I have capacity, which is three nights a week. So eight times three is 240. And it's like, look, if we're grossing 240 minus, you know, 15% for taxes and, you know, another, you know, 20% for payroll and insurance and things like that. So I break it down. And out of that money for the week, our net profit will be this much money. Right, right. And then they say, yeah, but then how, how about this? How about that? And then I break it down. It's like, look, I'm going to spend a quarter on inventory. And with that inventory, I'm going to make $15 for every quarter I make. And the rest is profit. But then you have to deduct operational costs. And then when I show them that, and they go, wow, so 30% of our gross revenue is going into my pockets, like pretty much. And then in a certain amount of time, you break even, and then a certain amount of time, you double your money. And you it's, have it, to know it, the math behind it's it. It's funny how you say that because, you know, if we're going to talk about money making here, I was actually having this conversation with my dad yesterday for Father's Day. By the way, happy late Father's Day. Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> but it's also, Father's but, but what, yeah, one thing I wanted to, to, to say was that I just got off a call with somebody. I do sales calls, right? Part mm. of the close. And when I say the close of being able to get someone sold on basically giving you their credit card over the phone for five or $10,000 comes down to that math that you're exactly talking about. Cause what I say to them is like this, they go, Hey, would it make sense on a five to $6,000 investment? If you were getting this return, this is how we're going to do it next four months. So we're in June right now, right? By August, this is where you're going to be by October. This is where we're going to be. Cause the funny thing is, what actually gets these people, these investors to make a decision to go with you is not because of the fact that they necessarily believe in you, but you actually worked out the math and you gave them the option. Because if you spring people with a cost and they don't know how that's broken up, it's not because they don't really believe in it, but in their heads, they're thinking, what is that number broken up into and what's my returns, right? But if you have it all laid out and you say, look, man, your interest is going to be 0%. You put this on a credit card. You know why? Because you're going to expect to see returns before interest kicks in or 
do it here so that the business is actually paying for itself. That's how I get people who are so bad with credit cards, either because they don't believe in it or they don't know how to use them to actually use them. Not because I'm manipulating them, but I'm like, I, I mapped it out for you. And what you said with this plan to investors is the same deal because it's still a deal that they have to go, yeah, I'm going to give Professor Dreg however much money to go help us with this. And these are the kinds of returns that we're expecting to get. My transaction that I do is no different, but you have to like spell it out for people because if you don't do the math for them in front of them, they won't do it themselves and they won't do it. Yep, exactly. Because if they're not comfortable, we'll see. Well, okay, so for me, because I don't, go with loans. I, I never take loans. I never, I'm like, <laughs> you just, yeah, yeah. I only take cash. I only deal with cash only. So that's the yeah. second aspect for, for me would be the liability. So first they have to see how it works mathematically. And then the second part would be the liability part. Like, Hey, how, how do I know we're not going to get sued and, and all this other stuff and get shut down by the police. But that has really nothing to do with what we're talking about. But going back to, how to make money. That's, that's real important because see now beyond the liability, the second thing is just like with this old couple, um, you know, playing the lottery system, they wouldn't have been able to do it unless they had those 25 people in their town, giving them money to actually invest and play the lottery. And that's the second aspect, even in a nightclub, just because you have a really good DJ and everything else, that's not enough. You need marketing. You need your group of people to spread the word. So like the 8,000 people who downloaded these podcasts, they need to spread the word in order for, for this show to grow. And, and that's real important because that, actually that's probably the most important aspect of it is sure. the networking aspect where the show can actually grow. And then people will be like, hey, you know what? Um, if a certain amount of people are listening, blah, 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 blah. You know how it works with commercials and, you know, as they say, monetizing, you know, YouTube. But in the old days, it was just selling ads. And uh, you couldn't sell ads unless you had a huge subscription base. And uh, so, like, if this show grew to, like, you know, 100 thousand subscribers as they say then people would really be interested in in selling advertising to the listeners and, and that's the thing so it's like a lot of people are afraid to come up with ideas mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be unique ideas running a bar is not unique it's been around since you know god i don't even know when the first bar opened up but you know pubs and, and and bars have been around it's part of american history you know what i mean americana every uh the saloon in the old days and the western saloons so my <laughs> ideas are not unique what these guys did with the lottery it wasn't advanced math it's just basic uh you know third grade math and they figured it out it's like yeah you you know, the more tickets you buy the better the chances are so you know they were buying you know, at, at their height of what they were buying, they were buying like 300,000 tickets, <laughs> lottery tickets. They never won the lottery. And, you know, they would only match three. They never matched five numbers. They were always matching three and four. It's just how it works. So, you, you know, you have to have a real idea, any idea. It doesn't matter. I'm going to open up a, a car dealership. I want to do a podcast. I want to do whatever it is. Any idea that can be backed up mathematically mm -hmm. is a good idea. Even if it's your, it's, it doesn't have to be an original idea. What this podcast is not an original idea. There's tons of people already doing this. In fact, there is a lady from CNN. Um, I'm not going to give her a plug or anything like that, but she quit her job at CNN and uh, she was working at CNN for 15 years and now she's doing a podcast, YouTube, you know, like her YouTube channel only has about 6,000 subscribers. Her best video ever was about uh, how she bought a house for like $47,000 uh -huh. and then her husband did all the work, blah, blah, blah. And they flipped it for like 80 some thousand dollars. 
<laughs> That's her most popular video with 400,000 views. Sure. And then her yeah. second most popular one only has 12,000 views. And she was on CNN and trust me, her, her viewership is nothing like yours. You know, and even though they're demonetizing you, it's still, you're still doing better than her because her videos only get like 700 if she's lucky. Right, right. So and she actually has big names on her, on her YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. It's a, different, it's a different type of person. But how does this pertain to the average listener when it comes to money-making purposes with a step-by-step? -step? Not a job, but actually making money. Like, yeah, well, see, but that's the point. Her best video was a video when she's breaking down how she spent 47000 Oh, it's the math. It's the math behind it. Yeah. The she, math is what sells it. Yeah, and, and people, they want that. They want to know how to make money. And I'm telling you now, the very first thing, if, if the listeners honestly wanted us to do this, we'll break it down for them. You know, email, you know, Zach, have them email you all of their ideas and we'll figure out how to make money with those ideas. It's not <laughs> that hard because there's three basic things you have to do. One, prove your idea mathematically. Just like house flipping. How do you flip a house? And see, and I'm not for that. I, I think flipping a house is, is not good because how long does it take to flip a house? Sales cycle is pretty long, 30 days, 60 days. Yeah, well, but just build it because this guy did all the uh, work himself. Right. Go on. So it took these guys like maybe two years. It took them two years to flip a house. And uh, that's a long time to flip. Uh, I mean, to double your money, that's a long time. Think about it. Basically, you're only talking about making 20000 a year because that's what yeah. they ended up making. That's nothing. So if you're going to wait two years, I mean, you could have got a job at McDonald's that did exactly the same. So, and that's the other thing too. Not all ideas. If the money's little, just get a job. Seriously, because at 20000 a year, and, and, and this is why I don't think this person will ever do well as a YouTuber or anything else because they don't have anything to offer. So like, why am I so hard, you know, about, you know, property? Because in all honesty, property is just to live in. Right, right. You, you, that shouldn't be your source of income is how other people live. You know, you know what I mean? Like it, sure, it's, sure. it's, it's like, Oh, well, I own an apartment complex and, Da 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 da, and you know that that's just. I mean, just for me personally, that's just not a good idea. And, and unless you're doing something with your property where it's commercial, and uh, like mm. like commercial property, like I, I'm really into storage. So here's the thing, what you said is, because I was going to stop you and say a lot of people recommend real estate, real estate, but here's the thing. What you just said actually makes a lot of sense because another real estate tycoon type guy that I follow says that no real estate is great, but don't do single family homes. You got to have at least 16 doors. And, and, and what you're saying is actually very, very aligned with what he said. He says never, he, his rule is, and for people who follow this online guy, you're already going to be able to guess, but one of his rules is never buy two doors. It has to be 16 doors or more commercial properties where you can really utilize the space. Who's this guy? I have no idea who he is. That's <laughs> uh, Grant Cardone. He's that sales oh, guy. Oh, I still don't know who he is. Yeah, just a sales guy. But, you know, he's popular on the internet. He's always hyping people up. But that's, what he, that's one of his rules is don't buy a house, rent it, right? And then actually, if you're going to make money in real estate, you got to buy big deals. You got to buy multiple units buy complexes buy not enough not a condo with hoa buy the whole complex oh god i know that's the worst man hoa is dude that's Damn. insane that's another scam right there yeah, yeah hoa is more than property taxes in california yeah, yeah. it's it insane but you know what's a really good like if you have to buy a house and then you want to rent it out you know what you do short-term rentals Dude, that's badass because in short-term rentals, you can charge by the night. You know, like a hotel. Airbnb. You know, like hotels around here, they cost about $300, $400 a night. That's how it works. <laughs> Dude, that's prostitute money. <laughs> you know? 
So if you are going to do short term rentals and yeah, I'm all for that. But if you're just going to rent it out to some smug for like a thousand dollars, well then, but then again, rents in the Bay are crazy. You could rent out a house for like three grand, which is awesome. But I mean, it's still not worth it. Um, Cause I could tell you a quick story when uh, I had a house and uh, the sewage broke and it flooded the back house. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Like, I, I felt bad. That's I was horrible. like, oh, man. And then it ended up that she had, she got hepatitis from that. Oh, from, no. From, from the exposure, because she cleaned it all up. And, and I, you know, like, without knowing anything or anything like that, you know, I said, look, don't even worry about paying me rent. You know what I mean? Because I don't even, I said, look, you guys cleaned it up, you know. And I said, <laughs> you know what? Just don't pay me any more rent. I don't even care. Just stay here. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, because definitely. I was cool with them, they never sued. Like, because you know, in because she got sick from that's my responsibility. And uh, so, in theory, I'm responsible for her getting hepatitis. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just assuming because, like, when I seen her again, she goes, Oh, yeah, I said, How you doing? It's like, oh, I kind of got sick, I got hepatitis, and you know, I almost died from the hepatitis. And I'm like, Oh, and then the first I said, like, God, I said, Are you still married? And then, you know, because like hepatitis, like for me, I always think like, most people get hepatitis, get it from sexual. It's a sexually transmitted disease. Sure, sure. Drug addicts. And then about a month after, I was like, you know what? She probably got it from the, when the, when the bathroom flooded. All that. Yeah. That unhygiene. And I was like, holy crap. And I, no, but I thought I dodged a bullet. You know what I mean? Because in theory, she would have been able to sue for like a couple of mil and she would have got it. And, uh, gosh, darn it. I mean, I, I got really lucky. But, I mean, there's so many reasons why I don't like single family homes. And, uh, but, you know, because it's just not a way to make money. I mean, it is if you're looking at it. Because, you know, like, because uh, when people start investing in 401ks, not, that's such a sucker's way to make money. You know, I'm going to put in a bank account every year. I, I max out my 401k. You're not going to, that's not how you make money. It's just not, it, it's, uh, it's, it's just, well, what if it somebody else is doing it for it you? All, it can all fall apart too. And it can all tank. You could lose it all. Yeah. Like the way it did for all those guys in Berkeley, like Bernie Madoff, he had a lot of accounts and all those people lost their money. Never going to get it back. 2008. Yeah, no, but and they're never going to get it back and they can't rebuild it that fast. So, you know, again, the first step is to come up with an idea. It doesn't have to be original. Mm-hmm. If you honestly believe you could open up a restaurant and you have food that's actually good, because I got a boy, he, he makes really good barbecue. He used to make a barbecue at the Philadelphia Stadium. What's it called? The, where, the, mm-hmm. where the Philadelphia Eagles play. I forgot the name. A veteran stadium. Uh, and his, his barbecue was considered the best in Philly, which is a really big deal. So if you know somebody or if you cook that well where your food is that good, then yeah, figure it out how to make money, you know, how much it's going to cost you. If it's going to cost you like $2 to make and you can sell that, you know, make yourself 10 bucks, you know, that that's actually pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm not good enough for me, but it, it's, you know, for a beginner, that's a good way to begin. And then the second step, like I said, is your marketing. You have to have your marketing in place. And marketing is, you know, as as old as the Bible itself. You got to get your friends involved. Yeah, I mean, because if they're your friends or if they're your fans, like in this case, the people listening, if you're honestly a fan, tell your friends. You got to get your friends. and, And if you believe in a product, you tell them why you like it look out for it and boom people start listening it's the same thing with my boys ribs and i'm like hey look these are some good good ribs like (laughs) badass ribs right referral is going to be stronger than any online ad or paper ad yeah no because f f all that even negative reviews like word of mouth between friends is much stronger than anything on yelp you know or or angie's list or whatever and that's why you lay heavy on your friends because a lot of people are afraid to quote unquote bug your friends. But that's not how it works because usually, because you know who's a friend and who's not. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll give a restaurant as an example. 
when you own a restaurant and your friends go into your restaurant and go, hey, I want a discount or I want it for free. Those aren't your <laughs> friends. Your friends want to see you succeed. So they will pay full price and tip heavy. Why? Right. Because they're your friends and they want to see you succeed. And that's the same thing with here. Friends of this show will go out and tell people, boom, Zach is the man. This and that, this and that, this and that. See, you know, just lay it on thick with all the positive reasons why they like you. And then it spreads just like that. But when people who claim they're your friends and they start bagging on you for this, oh, he, that guy, Professor Dreggy has on his show is talking about fags and using the fag word all the time. And, you know, those aren't your friends because one, they, you know, if they're saying, I'm saying this out of racism or bigotry or homophobia, they don't know it. You know what I mean? Just, I could say, we, we talk about child pedophilia. It doesn't mean I'm for it. We're just talking about it. Right. We're not advocating for it or anything like that. It's just, this is just simple conversation. So, but that's how it works. Like you have to honestly know, you know, and then when I really think about it, it kind of goes back to religion. It, it's let's, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. No, no, I want to hear it. No, no. But do you see the, the parallel? Like, you know who your friends are, like in the restaurant, your friends will pay full price. They will not expect a discount, especially in the beginning. When you're first opening up, None of your friends should ever say, I want it for free. They should go there, bring their other friends and pay full price and want to pay full price because they want to see you succeed. And, and, and it's kind of like with this radio show. This radio show will spread when people are very positive and, and sharing it with other like-minded people or just people in general who are going to like this show. Well, you know what it is because, and you're going to love this because this comes from, uh, it doesn't come from Romans, but it comes from Luke in the Bible about, about how business actually grows and gets built. And there's an example here about um, what, what you're talking about is basically the act of sharing. It's not really about business. It's actually about sharing. And this is actually, it, it, it triggered a thought because I was reading a thing this morning. I think it's Luke 19 about how... Uh, Back in Jesus' days, nobody liked tax collectors. Nobody liked tax collectors. If that was like, like you surprise. could, yeah, yeah, but you know, no one liked you, right? But there was this guy, Zacchaeus, in the book of Luke, where Jesus he wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. He's a tax collector, but he was a wealthy tax collector, and um, one of the big things was uh, was the idea that uh, it was kind of like what like Jesus didn't say anything about like, Hey, you got to clean up your act and then I'll come to your house and, and do business. Right. It wasn't about doing business, about sharing the word, but it wasn't any of that. It was about sharing. It was just about sharing time, you know, depending on where you're at. And I feel like that's one of those few examples in there. If you want to talk about religion where the activity of just sharing actually with just information, whether it's what you do, why you're there is actually the first step. And it it doesn't, it doesn't actually matter is what I'm saying. See, here's the thing. But to take it back to your point, we're afraid to bug our friends about good things, about good news, about all these things. Or you won't go to certain people who even have money because of your perception of them. Exactly. See, and that's what and I was going to say. That's why it ties it back. I was going to say that. Huh? I was literally going to say that. Seriously. Yeah. That, that's, so, and, and that was, but see, but that's the thing. The, see, that's a flaw in business. People don't do what you just said. Yeah. And that flaw in business also is the same flaw you see in religion. I mean, I don't care about like other religions, but that's the, because I'm glad it's the flaw in, in Islam or, you know, the Jewish faith or Buddhism or whatever. Cause it's cultish. Um, it's, it's yeah, exclusive. It's a cult and cults don't need more people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But in Christianity, people are afraid to actually talk about their like the positive sides of their religion. Seriously, how often do you hear anybody saying anything positive about Christian their religion? Even Christians, because oh my God, like the other day, 
we were talking about something and 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 then so you know because like where i'm where i'm at mostly everybody we're all almost without a doubt almost everybody's an atheist it's just how it works it's like where i work everybody's a, just a group of hardened men who just seen way too much and uh you know what i mean so like a lot of images are in their head right and certain things you just can never get out of your head and and that's you know i mean there's a lot of reasons why people don't believe in god but i believe it's just what they've seen around the world it just it just disheartens him but and then but there's a couple of christian dudes and then they were debating this one like gosh it's like a muslim guy and uh you know so back and forth they were talking and then the argument came up like oh well christians had the crusades killing all those people and then they slaughtered all the native american indians in california and and they were like well everybody went through that period and you know i'm like in my head i didn't say anything but in my head i was thinking you guys should have honest like if you just knew anything about the crusades or why it started because remember how we talked about how they started that one sect in the Catholic uh, religion was sure. to defend, you know, to act as guard. Like it didn't start off because they wanted to kill everybody, but the people spreading the word of God were always getting slaughtered. <laughs> they yeah. went, so they just decided to create an army around, you know, to protect these. So it wasn't like it was a protection group. Uh, and it's the same thing that they do in, in, uh, in Mexico. They, they uh, rose up, got rid of all those drug dealers and whatever. They didn't kill them. They just, you know, just took up arms. And remember we spoke about that on a previous podcast, how, uh, and they did it in the same way, how they started the army to protect the priests. Right, right. And uh, so anyway, but then every Christian person always falls into that same trap of like, well, you know, nobody's perfect. And I'm thinking, what? And I'm thinking, and you're a Christian and you don't even know how to spread the good words about Christianity. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, if, if I really wanted to get into the debate, I would have said, you know what? In Romans, it says, you know, the carnal mind, this and that. So all that war and killing, that wasn't God. That wasn't Christianity. That was, you know, a bunch of people who are confused and disobedient. Yeah, and, and but they don't do that. That's the thing, and that's why I, I believe. Like, come on, there is no Christianity in the Bay Area anymore. I mean, if there is, I don't see it. Yeah. But there used to be. Like when I was coming up, it was really prevalent. And, yeah. and you know, like those people sharing meals or or the hot chocolate from McDonald's that one time. You're not gonna find independent Baptists that go door to door spreading the good word. I mean, there's some people that do that. It's just few and yeah, far between. Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons, and no, no, not no. This is Baptist, independent Baptist, not <laughs> Jehovah Witness. Is a totally different thing. But... No, I know, but those are the only people I see. Like, like, uh, oh, God. like you could just go around and you'll see. I don't want to say every day, but almost every day you see these Jehovah's Witnesses just dressing up in their, you know, fancy clothes and they go door to door passing out that watch. That's what it's called, the Watchtower. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of the Watchtower magazine, but dude, that's what they do. They go door to door passing out the Watchtower. And I'm thinking, oh man. But you know what though? Yeah. But whoever invented the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, they make those people pay up front for all of those watchtowers. Like MLM. So, yeah, no, and then they just give it up for free. I'm thinking, man, what a scam. But it never goes anywhere. I mean, I don't know, but because they keep growing. But you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. But that's how business works. And and I honestly believe like Christians need to do that. They need to get on the ball and try to figure out what was meant, like what is multi-level marketing? Why should we all make money? How can we be charitable? Who should we not help? You know, and, and we spoke about that already about uh, how they're going to give free health care to everybody. That's insane. That's an insane thing to do. That, that's, but then nobody's saying that, like, nobody, like, there is no Christian that could explain why immigration is bad. You, you know, like they, they just don't get it. Why is it bad? You just need to be informed. You know, I was talking to my dad over Father's Day. And we dived into some of these topics a little bit. 
but you know the whole since you mentioned um uh what was it climate change is that what we just mentioned or you said something about that triggered the thought i was thinking climate change but the whole green new deal thing oh no you're talking about giving giving everybody free health care or free money yeah, or free whatever okay okay but that that's in line with aoc's so-called green new deal and here's the funny thing about it it's not it has it's it's got i've learned that it's got nothing to do with anything it has to do with the fact that there that's an excuse when people say let's combat climate change it's not you this is this is going to blow your mind it's not about America ought to do something about the climate. It's not that. You know what it has to do with? It has to do with uniting all the world's nations to combat climate change. Because here's the deal. If you look into this, AOC's Green New Deal is not original. It came from an original UN proposal post-World War II about how, well, we got to get everybody together to combat climate change. But the only thing that stands in the way is the United States. Exactly. the United States. And that's why when Trump pulls out of the Paris Agreement, all that stuff, why do you think it gets all these like socialists and globalists all pissed? The, the okay, Green New Deal is nothing; it has nothing to do with with actual business or having to create alternative energy sources. It has to do with relinquishing American sovereignty. But that's important well, from a business but it's standpoint. More than that, though. But but this is like really important because I'm glad you brought this up. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about in previous episodes, how we have to stop international corporations and just make everybody franchise. franchise. Yeah. Okay, but here's the reason why. What you're saying is absolutely true, but it wasn't to combat the United States. It was to get the U.S. to pay for everything. See, they wanted to do a global thing. Yeah, we want to stop global warming, but guess what? The United States needs to pay for everything. Dude, you do realize after World War II, we, our military bases were found in Germany, Japan, Italy, all up and down South. We were paying for the rebuilding of the entire planet after the war. Seriously, we had bases in the Philippines. We had bases everywhere. And so the UN goes, you know yeah. what we got to do? We got to get them to pay for uh, global uh, climate change as well. Let's, yeah. Let's get them to clean up the pump, uh, the pollution. That's why it's a myth because I, no, I but, look. But, but hold on, but, but check this out. So when Trump pulled out of the Paris Accords, why did he do it? Did he do it to because he wants global warming and all this other crap? No, he met every single standard of the Paris Accord. Seriously, Trump was able to do it. But the reason why he pulled out was because he didn't want America to pay for Europe. <laughs> Seriously, why would Trump pay for that? Think about that. Trump pulled out. The United States has met every single standard set forth by the Paris Accord. See, nobody knows this. Mm -hmm. But it's the truth. We have met every single standard. But guess what? We're not going to pay for Mexico to meet the standard. We're not going to pay for China to meet the standard. I mean, China's not even a part of it. But, but you know what I mean? But that's what they want. They want us to pay for everybody and everything. But the truth should have been, hey, look, we are a country that can do this because we are a Christian nation. A true Christian nation, not like some kind of weird Christian thing, but a real Christian nation that honestly does business the way it's set out in the New Testament. Right. And that's what I think Trump is doing. Like Trump is doing things and he's not, but, but nobody, I mean, I'd be shocked if anybody knew this outside of this radio program, but it's the truth. If, if anybody decides to look, do the research, has the United States met the standards of the U.S. Paris Accord, that, that global warming crap? And the answer would be, yeah, we did meet it. So what's the big deal? Why is everybody pissed off that we pulled out? Because the whole point was to what you said. They wanted the U.S. to pay for it with, with whatever. And it's a bunch of crap. Why in the hell should we pay for it? You know what I mean? It's, it's China's not giving us money. Yeah, and, and but see, here's the thing. And people are thinking, well, why are you guys getting political right now? I thought this was a business show. Don't you realize that that right there, what Trump did as a businessman is a form of leverage, is a form of leverage capital. And that's what you need to understand is if you have all of that together, right? 
America has been, I guess, allowing itself to become indebted to other nations, ballooning it up for something that's completely fabricated. And when AOC comes out and goes, oh, we need to combat climate change. World's going to end in 12 years. It's got nothing to do with anything but to get America to pay for all of these things and to relinquish its own sovereignty. The only thing that's standing in the way is America and Christianity when it comes down to progressive and global, you know. But to add to what you're saying, but to add to what you're saying, you got to think like this. Whenever you hear AOC say things like that, or any person who's like, oh, the world's going to end. The first thing that happens is I don't want to engage in business because my consumerism is adding to the global warming. Because yeah. if you're a consumer, guess what? You're into you're you're participating in global warming. You know what I mean? And and that's that's just the reality. And, and so a lot of people are so disengaged that they don't want to participate in our society. Why? They don't want to be a consumer. Why? Because they believe the world's going to end in 12 years because plastic right. is somehow, some way going to create, you know, some kind of like, seriously, people really believe plastic is going to destroy the planet and all this other stuff. It's just insane. It's people honestly believe our natural waste is somehow, some way going to destroy the planet. And it just makes no sense. And, and, and the thing is, when you're not motivated to do engage in just regular commerce, you're going to be screwed and your business is going to be screwed. <laughs> and that's why you got to recognize, like, I don't want to say you can't do business with, with people who are like, you know, believe in global warming and all this other stuff, but it's going to be difficult to do business with these people because they're idiots. Because think about this, like, let's, let's talk about Tesla cars just because I know we've got to end soon, but, but I hope this isn't a big tangent. No, no, no worries. Go ahead. Tesla cars are, you know, a joke like this, like, you know, they are a joke. Uh, everybody <laughs> uh, Tesla is like, Oh, this great car. And also the BS, but like Bill Blur made a joke that, you know, that basically Tesla's look like, a like uh yeah a nissan maxima it kind of like, does actually get over it. it's 140,000 to buy a nissan maxima but the car itself can go you know zero to 60 in 2.4 seconds or something like that that's incredible wow, that's really fast yeah a four-door nissan maxima going that because that's what electricity can do electricity is super fast and um and that's the future but is that really going to help, quote unquote, global warming? The answer is no. No, no. We've already established in previous episodes, and also science confirms this, where the carbon footprint, if you even want to call it that, of producing even a Prius yeah, because is worse that, than a... Even yeah. just think about producing that type of electricity. Lithium-ion batteries, man. They don't break down very well. Yeah. Yeah, no, but just, just to produce electricity is so insane that you gotta be it's better to have something burn rather than yeah yeah no but seriously you have to be a dunce to realize i mean to not realize how much quote-unquote fossil fuel is being burned to make electricity and we've also already established the fact that if you really know much about the atmosphere that i mean it, it's it's the god shield it, it, it really it literally is the god huh it's a real force field. Yeah. So your emissions are minuscule compared to that thing. My dad and I were talking about this earlier and we were marveling at it because here's the deal, right? If we think about how ridiculously not just thick in layers and composed the atmosphere is, you have to absolutely acknowledge Genesis 1 because of the fact of this. What happens to everything that gets put into the atmosphere and also anything that tries to penetrate the atmosphere, it burns. It, it completely gets incinerated. The fact that when you, when you think like objects come in and objects come in and actually try to penetrate the atmosphere, they burn up before they even have a chance to get to a relative level <laughs> yeah. where it's harmful is ridiculous. It's, it's literally like this miracle force field 
Because anything that tries to escape burns or needs to have an incredible amount of thrust. Anything that tries to come in also burns. So you really think that based off of that and with emissions and all that, granted, yeah, pollution is a thing, but pollution is in that little area. It's like, like, for example, LA is in a valley. So yes, you're going to have pollution where it's like in that little concentrated area based off of of how things are set up, it's going to be like that. But I mean, on a global standpoint with our atmosphere, the fact that it's, what is it, 100 miles thick? 100 miles thick. No, no, but seriously, it is. It's a God shield. And that there, a whole 80% of that is nitrogen gas. And you got, yeah, you got carbon dioxide. But even when we say something That's like, crazy. I don't know, is it 4%? No, 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 not even that. It's 0.0. Point, yeah, 0.04%. Yeah, it's not even, yeah. It, it's You've it's, got more oxygen in the atmosphere than you've got carbon dioxide. I don't know what everybody's worried about. I think it is like it's point, okay, so it's 1% argon and 0.4%, I believe. But see, here's, here's the thing that we also talked about. I don't want to tangent too hard, but it actually plays into the whole propaganda with, with climate change and business, right? Because you can land, here's the thing. Think about how precise your calculations have to be just to go through re-entry into the atmosphere. You have to hit it at a certain point, otherwise you burn up and die. That shows you the God shield right there. It's easier for you to land a probe on Mars than it is to land something on Earth coming in. Yeah, I know. People are stupid. (laughs) There's no atmosphere on Mars. That's why there's no rain on Mars. That's why there's no weather on Mars. That's why it's the same day in, day out. I mean, you got day and night because of, you know, just shadows and stuff, but... climate like climate how like think about how complex that stuff is that's why it's like when you talk about it in genesis it's like dude like look around you like no nothing could have that's not yeah i don't want to get all religious but nothing could have created it like that it's the atmosphere is literally like my big like okay god exists this is a because this is a it's literally a god shield yeah no but i know it's funny like going back to genesis it's funny how it's documented how life used to be before atmosphere and after atmosphere night and day night and day that's why it's amazing like i don't know like i just like thinking about stuff like that makes me like my head want to explode but (laughs) because it's tricky no because it's like it really does oh well well, that's the other thing too like like well i know it's almost the end but because the natural question would be how do you get ideas? And, and, you know, cause I know we got to end this, but you know what? The best place to get ideas, I swear to God is in the Bible. I don't care what, like look at Marvel comics. How many times do they have biblical references as a the- Like, you know, like they have, um, the, you know, the Avengers, they have this one like series called original sin. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Thor, you know Thor uh, from the Avengers, he, he became unworthy to carry his magical hammer. Yeah. And uh, it was part of the original sin theories. And that's the thing. So it's like, look, no idea is original. Because I, I was always like, because, you know, even in my poetry, I was like original thought, not sought. And, you know, but in reality, every idea has already been thought of before. Right. And it's just a matter of just, uh, one, you got to get over yourself because nothing's original. Everybody has done it. You know, uh, you could be an innovator. You can innovate something, mm-hmm. but no idea is original. It's already been done. And that's why it's like, you know what? You know, I, I said before, I went to the Bible because I needed some ideas. <laughs> so when I did, I was like, holy crap, and open it up and it was like all the money making ideas you'll ever need is already yeah, but not money. just money making ideas, just scientific ideas as well. It's like holy crap, it gives you clarity. So you know, it, it, it's amazing. But yeah, you're right. Money making like like the Bible really is a good book to understand the psychology of business, because a lot of people don't understand the psychology of business. Right. That's all that is. You got to believe it first. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, then you're screwed. I'm pretty sure. You're not going to get money from those people who got money. If you can't even. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the truth. I mean, come on. That's why the rich people exist. Rich people exist to take a chance on people they believe in. And if you can't, 
if you don't believe in anything, then how in the hell is someone, why would anybody give you money if you don't believe in anything? And uh, that's why it's like, you know, going to the Bible is, is a pretty good and safe bet to get your ideas. And so anyway, so like I'll wrap things up with final thoughts. But, you know, first thing and first and foremost, understand basic math. <laughs> you have to come up with an idea that you can prove with basic Seems math. Seems pretty obvious, yeah. Yeah, it, you would think it's obvious, but it's not. People don't understand. That's why I brought that lottery story because everybody thinks, oh, the lottery, there has to be some kind of complicated math behind. No, it's basic math. It's, you know, to pick the numbers, it's seven factorial to win all seven. But if you're just guessing three numbers and there's only a seven, there's a lot of ways to win. Yeah. You know, when you do basic math, you just buy a lot of tickets. Three, you don't need to win the big thing. Just win a whole bunch of little $50 here and there and it adds up. And not everyone's going to be a winner, but everybody proved you should be getting 60% on your return. But that's neither here nor there. So if you understand basic math, even things that seem un insurmountable, can be conquered because you have that skill of understanding basic math. Second thing you have to have is a good network of friends who honestly believe in you. Not, not these suckers that are always going to be talking crazy, but real people who honestly believe. And you get those people to spread the word about what you're doing. Forget about advertising. I mean, you need a little bit of advertising, but you really do need your friends to spread this first mm -hmm. because it's it's those people who are always going to be positive but if you go spend money in advertising and then you got like 10 12 people i mean seriously 10 or 12 people can destroy you if you don't have any friends because think about it, all those negative reviews on yelp everybody talking crazy oh, about yeah. you and they've never been to your store and they just don't like your advertising because you're selling, uh, you told somebody no, like, hey, I'm not going to make your penis cake. You know what I mean? And they could destroy you. So you need your friends. I don't care what business you are. You could be selling, you know, devil cakes, a satanic worshiper type of guy. But you got to be around those people. You know what yeah. I mean? Because well, you're, well, you're, you're talking about niching down, but yeah, no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what even that niching down means. But it's the truth. That's how it's done. Right. You rely on your friends and then your friends will spread the word. Just like the podcast, everybody listening should, if they honestly, you know, believe in this show and believe in you, they will spread this word. Yeah. And then the third thing, you know, is to honest, honest to God. The third thing you have to do is, 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 I don't, I don't want to say like, but you, you honestly have to do based on the Christian belief of uh, of being able to strip yourself down. Like you, you can't be tied in to, because you know what I mean? Like you have to know when to give up if you're failing. Yeah. Because you always got to have an exit strategy. And we didn't really talk about exit strategies, but you know, you got to know how, I mean, gosh, Donna, I know I'm, we're running late, but right, I there's go. a reason why they said about, you know, the camel going through the eye of the needle. Yep. It's to strip yourself down when things are going bad. You got to have that ability because if you don't have an exit strategy, you know, because you can't, can you imagine this? Like you got a boy who has a business. Let's just go for the restaurant business. And for five years, his food sucks. And, but he doesn't because you guys keep supporting him and stuff like that. But at some point, you got to realize, hey, look, I don't want to put my friends through this. I don't want to, you know what I mean? And just just take your losses. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and that you got to have a real honest to God exit strategy, because if not, then you're going to be screwed. Because that's I, I mean, I know it doesn't say that in the Bible, but there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of reasons why he talked about that camel and the eye of the needle mm -hmm. because it wasn't like some kind of miracle thing when you got this big old two-ton animal going through a little hole when you're sewing the eye of the needle is this this archway and it's a lot of work to unload this camel to go through because the archways were small right. it wasn't like this big giant archway it was like a big thing when a rich dude like you know because camels are like horses they carry a whole bunch of crap and it just didn't fit 
So you have to unpack, let the camel through, carry all your crap through, and then load them up again. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's a lot of work to let something go. And, and, and you know, you got to learn all of these things in order to be yeah. successful. So like I said before, if somebody really has ideas, dude, email, email the show. And, well and, yeah. and we'll go into detail about it. I'll break it down and do the math that they need it. You know what I mean? So yeah, well, it, you, it's possible. You heard it here first, folks. So yeah, if you have any further ideas, feel free to let us know. We do have to wrap this up though. So thank you guys for listening in to what we had to say today. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care.